With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome as we turn to the Advocate Messenger for news from Danville and Boyle County. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or who have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Your reader today is Betsy. We are reading from the online edition of the Advocate Messenger, which the publishers have donated to Radio Eye. Our first headline is, Former UK Player on a Mission to End Hunger, written by John Reitman. Attending the University of Kentucky on a scholarship nearly 20 years ago eventually provided Ramel Bradley with a chance to achieve two of his lifelong goals, a career in professional basketball and helping feed the hungry. As a youngster in Brooklyn's Clinton Hill neighborhood, Bradley was New York City's next basketball phenom, showcasing his skills on the city's playground network. In the evening when the lights on the courts were turned out, Bradley would deliver meals to his neighbors who did not have enough to eat. First, I always wanted to play professional basketball, Bradley said. Growing up in the Clinton Hill community in Brooklyn, when I came home every day, I delivered meals to people in our neighborhood. Now, at age 37 and his basketball days over, Bradley is just getting started when it comes to fulfilling the second half of his life's goal of feeding the hungry. Today, Bradley is the community director for App Harvest, a Moorhead-based controlled environment agriculture company that combines cutting-edge technology and sustainable practices to produce more food with fewer inputs. App founder John Webb has a vision to make Kentucky the ag tech capital of the world while also helping solve food insecurity, and he is well on his way to accomplishing that. According to a 2020 study headed by James P. Ziliak, Ph.D., an economist at UK's Gatton College of Business and Economic, about one in every 10 Americans and one in every seven people in Kentucky do not have enough to eat. Located within a day's drive of 70% of the country's population, App Harvest is out to change that. The company has established a series of high-tech farms across the state in Moorhead, Richmond, Somerset, and Berea that grow produce using sunshine and stored rainwater through a system that uses up to 90% less water than open field growing, while producing yields up to 30 times that of traditional agriculture, on the same amount of land and without agricultural runoff. 
We are completely transforming the business of agriculture, Bradley said. We're providing access to fresh, healthy, and nutritious food for people in eastern Kentucky and in New York, New York City. Providing meals to the hungry is something Bradley has been doing most of his life. The product of a single-parent home, Bradley was nine years old when his grandmother, Bishop Althea Rice, came to live with him and his mother, Daisy Rice. Dedicated to serving others, she prepared meals in the family kitchen to help feed neighbors who did not have enough to eat, and Bradley would deliver them. She eventually founded the Bishop Memorial Mission in Brooklyn, which still operates today with three simple goals in mind. Give hope to the hopeless, help to the helpless, and food to the hungry. That all started in my grandmother's kitchen, Bradley said. Our neighborhood was a food desert. I remember how good it made people feel to have enough food. Bradley is a direct byproduct of what he described as his mother's bold independence and his grandmother's unwavering service to others. Ultimately, everything I am today is because of them, he said. They took action and set that example for me. That foundation established years ago in Brooklyn eventually helped Bradley discover a career after his basketball playing days were over. A three-year starter at UK under coaches, former coaches Tubby Smith and Billy Gillespie, Bradley went on to play professionally for parts of nine seasons in Croatia, France, Turkey, and Israel. It was during his playing days in Kentucky when he met Webb, then a marketing major at UK, who would go on to eventually start App Harvest. In those days, Bradley was a fashion major, but it did not take him long to realize that choice was a mistake. He eventually settled into the Community and Leadership Development Program within UK's College of Agriculture, Food, and Environment. He figured one day he would return to his roots of helping feed the hungry when his basketball days were over. But he never envisioned being part of a life-changing movement back in Kentucky. He had returned to New York from playing overseas when Webb contacted him in 2016 and offered him a job helping spread the word about the App Harvest mission. Part of App Harvest mission is to be an active, inclusive part of the communities where we operate, Webb said. And I knew with Rammel's family history of feeding the neighborhood, combined with the Kentucky roots he established since playing basketball at UK, he'd be fantastic at helping us better serve the Commonwealth. Bradley, who now resides in Lexington and returns to New York one weekend each month, to continue his mission in his hometown, bought in completely with Webb's philosophy. Part of sharing the App Harvest vision of helping solve a nationwide crisis of food insecurity by increasing crop yield through sustainable agriculture means working with local schools and universities to help develop programs on campuses across Kentucky. App Harvest also has a working arrangement 
with Appalachian Regional Healthcare. We're completing, completely changing the business of farming, Bradley said. We have to get food to people who need it. It's a new mission for me. If we don't do it, who will? Next, in another article written by Fiona Morgan, we have the headline celebrating African-American heritage, Soul of Second Street happening on Saturday. Michael Hughes and Mike Dennis, members of the Danville Boyle County African-American Historical Society, DBCAAHS, have had a busy year between releasing a new book and planning for the Soul of Second Street. The sixth annual Soul of Second Street Festival is happening Saturday at Constitution Square Park from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. It will be preceded by the History Conference on Friday. Returning after two years of being canceled due to COVID-19, the festival is a celebration of African-American history in Boyle County. Specifically, it remembers the old black business district that used to be located at the current Constitution Square site, which was torn down for the purposes of integration in the 1970s. Much of the African-American community was centered around those businesses on 2nd Street. It's about 2nd Street in particular, but the entire black community as a whole. And it's about getting that soul aspect, the connection, Dennis said. It's almost like a family reunion of people who aren't related. Hughes said some people travel to Danville for the festival to see old friends and share memories about days gone by. It's all about people coming together to celebrate friendships, Hughes said. And one of the big things that happened is two ladies who hadn't seen each other for 50 years since high school reunited at the first festival we had, and that was so special. The festival will have musical acts by local bands and gospel groups. Several confirmed acts include Robbie Houston, the Carey Band, Renita Gray, Jessica Browning, the Southern Sons of Memphis, the Greens from Harrodsburg, and Hughes will be DJing as Michael Fly. More acts will be added by festival time. The festival will also have merchandise vendors, all types of food vendors including ice cream, hot dogs, hamburgers, etc., and a family tent with kids games and events. The DBCAAHS will be selling t-shirts and a newly released book by Hughes and Dennis called African Americans in Boyle County. The book features hundreds of historical photos of people in the African American community in Boyle County and of schools, churches, and businesses, including the ones on 2nd Street. Most photos are from the mid-1900s. Hughes and Dennis spent months gathering the photos, doing research about them, and writing captions for the book. They say the book has been selling very well. This year's History Conference is Friday from 3 to 8 p.m. in the community room at the Boyle County Public Library. Dennis said since the History Conference was canceled last year due to COVID, 
The same display that was to be shown last year will be shown this year. A celebration of communities, the display will have 10 posters that highlight the people, schools, churches, cemeteries, and the 16 African-American settlements in Boyle County. People will be able to scan QR codes that link to different oral history recordings that Center College has done. Dennis said, unfortunately, the conference will not have speakers or other events this year. He said they have had to scale back the festival and conference due to COVID-19 issues. He talked about how the pandemic affected businesses and even local Amer African-Americans who died from COVID. I think COVID impacted the black community much more severely than the white community, Dennis said. Even though they won't have as many events or acts as in years past, they want to keep the festival going. The idea is that no matter how big or small we do it this year, it's just important that we do it, Dennis said. It's just important to keep it going no matter what we have to do in order to do it. The History Conference display will be moved from the library to Grayson's Tavern on Saturday for the soul of 2nd Street. After that, the display may be moved elsewhere, possibly to the History Center at 108 North 2nd Street. Some photos from the display and from Hughes and Dennis's book will also be shown at the Here We Are exhibit at Center College's Norton Center. The exhibit will be in the foyer of the Norton Center starting in September and will be up the entire school year. The exhibit will have over 100 photos of the African American community as well as different artifacts and a timeline that details how urban renewal affected the community. Some photos will be from Hughes and Dennis's book but the exhibit will also feature some that did not make it into the book. The book has quality photos, Dennis said, but the grainier photos that the publishers wouldn't accept work for the exhibit. The same recorded interviews of oral history at the History Conference will also be at the Norton Center exhibit. People will be able to pick up an old-fashioned phone hooked up to an MP3 player and can dial whoever they want to listen to. Dennis said the exhibit will be great exposure for the DBC AAHS, and he wants to let people know that the African American community is still here and strong. We're still here. COVID didn't knock us out, Dennis said. We don't have to say we were here. We are here. Our next article is headlined, Post-Pandemic Tourism Rebounds Locally and Statewide. Tourism is big business, both locally and across the state. According to a recent report, the economic impact of tourism in Danville and Boyle County and throughout Kentucky rebounded last year after being impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. According to the Kentucky Department of Tourism, $71.97 million was spent on tourism in Danville and Boyle County last year, compared with $67.42 million in 2019. 
This is an increase of 6.7%. State and local taxes collected from tourists and visitors totaled $5.6 million in 2021, up from $5.9 million in 2019, which represents an increase of 10%. The report also showed the number of jobs in local tourism dropped by 2.5% in 21 compared with 2019, from 644 jobs to 628. As a result, tourism-related income dipped slightly from 16.31 million in 2019 to just 16 million last year, a drop of 2%. What these numbers do is verify what we already knew, and that is that people got out, traveled, and came to Danville and Boyle County in 2021 after staying home for much of 2020 due to travel restrictions and concerns about the pandemic, said Kendall Clinton, Executive Director of the Danville-Boyle County Convention and Visitors Bureau. As restrictions were lifted, people were excited to get out and travel, and our local tourism partners were able to welcome these visitors back. It appears that trend has continued into 2022, although we won't have actual data until sometime next year. The economic impact of tourism statewide was an $11.2 billion, with $7.7 billion in direct visitors spending, resulting in $808 million in state and local taxes. All of this helps support 83,100 tourism-related jobs, or 3.3% of all jobs statewide. The information that was used to determine tourism's impact in 2021 was drawn from six different data sources, including Longwoods International Survey data, Bureau of Economic Analysis and Bureau of Labor Statistics, lodging data, tax collections, business sales and seasonal second homes inventory, and international travel data. All those data considered visitors included people who stayed in overnight accommodations and those who came from more than 50 miles away and deviated from their normal routines. The Danville-Boyle County Convention and Visitors Bureau is the organization that promotes tourism and visitor activities throughout the county. Next article's headline is Danville Schools to offer free lunch this school year. Danville Independent Schools will be participating in the National School Lunch Program and the School Breakfast Program. As part of this program, Danville Schools will offer healthy meals every school day at no cost to the students due to implementation of the community eligibility provision for the school year 2022 through 23. Students will be able to participate in these meal programs without having to pay a fee or submit a household application. For more information, you may call Food Service Director Tammy Lynn at 859-936-2573.
in accordance with federal civil rights law and U.S. Department of Agriculture civil rights regulations and policies, this institution is prohibited from discriminating on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, including gender identity and sexual orientation, disability, age, or reprisal or retaliation for prior civil rights activity. Our next headline is Danville Commission Passes Property Tax Decrease, Here's Parks Updates. This was written by Fiona Morgan and published August 22nd. The Danville City Commission passed the first reading of Ordinance 1998 to establish property tax rates for the 2022 through 23 fiscal year at their meeting on August 8th. Finance Director Lee Compton explained that Danville's property tax is a compensating rate, which means they adjust the rate to generate the same revenue as the prior year. This year, the rates will decrease slightly to account for property value increases. In 2021, rates were $0.138 per $100 for real property and $0.1902 per $100 for personal property. The new rate for this year is 0.133 cents per $100 for real property and 0.1901 cents per $100 for personal property. Taxes for motor vehicles will remain at 0.2 cents per $100. And Compton explained this will bring the city an anticipated revenue increase of $30,000 in motor vehicle and watercraft revenue. This is not an increase due to rate, it's an increase due to the assessment of the property value administrators, Compton said. City engineer Josh Morgan gave an update about several parks projects and their hopeful construction start dates. The city has construction documents for the new tennis courts at the fairgrounds and will likely start the bidding process in September. The hope that construction will start in October and be done by March. In the new Jenny Rogers Community Center, the city plans to get construction documents next month that will prepare the building for a child care center. Projects include replacing the flooring, adding sprinklers, and other things. Morgan explained that while the city has a tentative agreement with Boyle County Schools to use the building as a child care center, this construction will only address the building's needed repairs, not to prepare a child care center yet. They hope this initial construction will be done by May. The Michael Smith Park and Aquatic Center projects are still in the design phase. Morgan said they hope to get more feedback from community members about the Michael Smith Park soon, and they hope to have some sort of water feature constructed at the park by May. For the Aquatic Center, the city will talk more with the McDowell Wellness Center to possibly partner with and add on an outdoor pool to their facility. In other business, the commission approved the contract for the Danville Police Department 
to provide Danville schools with two safety resource officers. The department will bill the schools $6,200 for 10 months. The Commission also approved a banner request for the DEA Festival in early September and reappointed Arnetta Myers to the Ethics Board. In an article published Monday, August 22nd, we have the headline, New Central Fire Station Dedication, set for Friday. The City of Danville Fire Department will celebrate the grand opening and dedication of the new Central Fire Station, located at 461 West Main Street. After the ceremony is scheduled to begin at 11 a.m. on Friday, August 26th. After the ceremony ends, guided tours will be available to the public until 4 p.m. This article was written by Fiona Morgan and is headlined Citizens Police Academy to start September 6th. Citizens will soon have an opportunity to learn about police work firsthand from officers at the Danville Police Department. The Danville Police Department will be hosting its Citizen Police Academy from September 6th through October 18th. Classes will be held every Tuesday night from 6 to 8.30 p.m. There will be no class on October 4th. Assistant Police Chief Jeff Doan said the class does a deep dive into police work for anyone who wants to have a better understanding of what officers do. Many people have a general understanding of what we do, but they have no idea what goes on daily in police work or behind the scenes, Doan said. I think this class helps bridge the gap that can be present between citizens and officers. The curriculum will include department overview, patrol activities, telecommunications, criminal investigations, response to resistance, active shooter, officer training, and crime scene processing topics. Don't said the course is not just a series of PowerPoint presentations. People will be able to walk through and complete interactive scenarios like mock traffic stops, build clearings, and response to resistance training. And so this concludes reading excerpts from recent editions of the Danville Advocate Messenger. Your reader has been Betsy. Now we hope you'll please stay tuned for continued programming. On behalf of everyone here at Radio I, we thank you for listening, and we hope that you'll have a good day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.